As you exit, please stand on the dark area of the platform and watch your step. Thank you. W Radio, your information station. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the WW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 491, and I'm here not only to help you have the best vacation experience when you go to the Disney parks, but I also want to bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with the podcast, videos, blog, live broadcasts on Facebook every Wednesday night, my books, audio tours, special events, and more. You can find everything over at www.radio.com. So I think part of the fun of visiting Walt Disney World is bringing back a souvenir or souvenirs from your trip. And over time, sometimes these simple souvenirs evolve into something we begin to collect. And so this week, we're going to look at our top 10 things to collect in Walt Disney World. From the free to the sentimental, they help us remember our trips, memorialize special events, and in many cases, add to our often growing collection. And whether you consider yourself a collector or not, chances are there's one or more things on our list that you can, or maybe already do, like to collect when you go to the parks. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, and I'll pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned to the end of the show as I'll have information about our next meet of the month in Walt Disney World, other announcements, your voicemails, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. One of the things I think we all love about going to Walt Disney World, whether as adults or when we were or are kids, is bringing home a souvenir, or five. They help us remember our trip, memorialize a special event, or in many cases, add to our often growing collection. And whether you consider yourself a collector or not, chances are there's one or more things you like to collect when you go to Walt Disney World. There's an easy gadget and gizmos of plenty, whatever quote in there, but I'll move on. Because people collect not just souvenirs, but sometimes even the things they bring those souvenirs home in. Yes, I mean things like merchandise bags. Some people collect swizzle sticks. Yes, I actually have a bunch of those from the 70s when they used to use them. Or even napkins, even though they're now playing in the parks. I used to love collecting my room key cards as reminders of my visit. But now we have magic bands. Um, as well as limited edition merchandise. And if you don't have anything, maybe you don't have a collection, maybe you're looking to start one, and I, we, are here to help with our top 10 things to collect in or from Walt Disney World. And joining me is a man who I am sure has a collection of his own that would likely make Tanelier Tavon jealous. He's going to ask me who that is because what he collects is the subject of speculation and debate, 
He is, of course, Mr. Timmy Foster from Celebrations Magazine. Welcome back, my friend. Uh, thanks. And yeah, you're right. Who, who are you talking about? <laughs> I'm going to start off quickly by asking you a question I don't know the answer to. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you have or have you collected, do you have a collection of things that when you go to Walt Disney World, you try and add to or when, when, when you're there? Uh, no. This is going to be a very short show. Famous last words, longest top ten ever. <laughs> well, because I, I think no, I know. I've, 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 yeah, yes, you do. But I'm not. My house is not contrary to what you might think. Not exploding with Disney memorabilia, unlike your. No, no, Tim. Tim, I, I have a, I have a vision in my mind's eye of what the interior of your house looks like. <laughs> it's the stuff of nightmares. I so I'm. I don't want to well, go down. But I don't necessarily think it is. <laughs> And look, I don't think there's look, there's a there's a wide nexus between not collecting anything and being sort of the extreme collector slash hoarder. There is a lot of gray area in the middle. So you can collect something without having this massive collection. And I think that's one of the things that we're going to touch on, or at least I'm going to touch on in terms of thing. We're talking about top 10 things you can collect. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you don't have something to collect. Maybe you think. Look, because collect. Look, having a collection does not mean collectible, and what I mean by that is collectible does not mean that it necessarily has to be expensive. And I'm going to evidence that with my list many times in many ways. So I think the definition of what is a collectible, what is part of your collection, can and does vary from person to person, right? Whether somebody collects, like I said, swizzle sticks from the '70s or napkins or you know, freebies to people that collect things that are on the little bit more of the collectible slash expensive side. See, now this is where us having not talked about this, discussed <laughs> this or brainstormed about this at all beforehand. This will be interesting because I feel like we took, well, actually I was afraid we took two slightly different paths to this, but you might be along the same lines as mine, but I, but I actually veered more kind of towards the non-huge, expensive wall of collectible thing, snow globes or whatever. You know, I I was gravitating towards uh, the less expensive or slash free things, and you right. actually, in the grand tradition of your <laughs> wonderful show, you knock five of them off in your intro. So well, I actually, I only got two things on my list, and I so. think I think there'll be some overlap because too, I did not go for. When I said collections, I said, look, top 10 things to collect. I'm not telling you to go out and collect all of the Swarovski castles at $37,500 each. That's not where I was going with this. Off. Keep going. <laughs> this is not about being the most expensive you know, pieces of, of Disney collectibles or Disney memorabilia or merchandise. It's about things that when you go to the parks and go back to the parks, you can collect. And then I'll explain why some of these things are on my list. So you have me curious, slightly afraid, but uh, that's par for the course of top 10. So I am always afraid when it comes to Timmy Foster. So please favor us with the first go with me here on your top 10 things to collect from Walt Disney World list. Well, my first one is uh, probably a very much go with me here. You'd think, yeah, but yeah. it's not really. And I bet you didn't even think this would be on my list, and I bet you never even thought of it. Or maybe you didn't. I'm stealing your first one, and I have no idea. 
But I'm going for my first venture to the wonderful world of golf. I was that is probably Done. the last thing that I was yeah, expecting you were going to say. I gotcha. Well, so as the many times you promised to take me to Winter Summerland Golf and still haven't yet, which I'm still waiting for you to do, there are many things to collect if you're a golfer. And this is one of the few things when he asked me, do I collect anything? Actually, remember, I do collect these, but I need to collect more, as I'll explain shortly. But So when you're talking about golf, you got your miniature golf and you got your big boy golf. Now, I confess <laughs> I haven't played the larger golf courses, whether it be Lake Buena Vista, Magnolia Golf Course, even though I really want to get in that Mickey Mouse sand trap, just to say I could be there, or the Palm Golf Course or the Oak, Oak Trail Golf Course, mostly because I'm with my family and I don't have six hours a day to kill in the 110-degree heat to <laughs> go back a little golf ball around. But um, there is miniature golf, as we've talked about many times, as things you could do that you might not think about. And... There's so many things about it that you can collect and save as mementos of your trip. It could be the scorecard of the time when you lost to your significant other or child or whatever it may be. Um, but the thing I've bit, I have collected the most is actually golf balls. Um, but I say that because you can get, um, as you might expect, you can get a zillion different kinds of golf balls with the different characters on them. I had one from the Millennium Celebration, had one with the castle on it, and and so forth. And there's so many to collect. Um, and you don't have to be at the golf courses to collect them. You can get them in pretty much all the um, souvenir shops in the parks and at the resorts and stuff. But um, the funny thing about my collection, Lou Mangiello, <laughs> yes. most of it is residing in the creek at Skipback <laughs> Golf Course. Because... <laughs> Try as I might, I have a hard time. I'm remembered of the of the time. Happy Gilmore's your favorite movie. I know you've told me, and I I just keep thinking of this scene where he's Kevin, kidding. By the way, it's not. But go ahead. I know. Well, I, I'm thinking of the scene, and people who've seen the movie will know what I'm talking about. Where Kevin Nealon is telling Happy Gilmore that the ball's natural home is the hole. Send him home. So in my mind, I have this idea that a mouse's natural habitat is a hole in the ground. So I think if I stick him down on the green for a 30-foot putt, he should go right in. Sadly, it doesn't work that way. And sadly, he doesn't feel the need to stay in the fairway either. So yeah, mine are all at the bottom of the creek. But that's fine because you can always go back and get more. And um, but they are fun to collect. Um, don't be stupid like me and take them out to the golf course and lose them all. Put them up on the cabinet, uh, up on the wall, you know, with little cubbies for all little golf balls. And and they're pretty cute. I, I, who knows how many there are? They're probably countless. Um, but you can get so many different variations with, you know, the characters, parks, right, all that stuff. And uh, as I said, scorecards are fun to keep, too. And all the little stuff that goes around, even the pencils, keep the pencils. They got many of them. Ten, ton of them don't. Don't worry about it. So, But that's a cool thing I realized when you said it. I had always collected, not even thinking I was collecting them, and um, something you might not think about. And if you're not a golfer, you don't really care. But if you are, it's something you'll treasure forever. And I kind of get the feeling from your Snickers that outside of winter somewhere in golf course, I'm not going to catch you out. <clears throat> Excuse me. No. Even when I practice law and 
Everybody, every other attorney was out on a Wednesday afternoon um, uh, conducting business on the greens. I was not. I am an awful golfer. Golfer. I can't even say the word golf. Uh, mini golf is about the extent of my sports ability, and I put ability in air quotes. However, I have a question for you. So, yes. when you go miniature golfing, because I think when I when I heard this, the thing I thought of was, you know, they do have. A variety of different, um, you know, Mickey Mouse golf balls, like by Nike Golfs or some of the different characters. Right. But even though you're an awful golf golfer and maybe you don't keep the golf no, balls, I'm a wonderful. Do golfer. you keep the scorecards? What I thought of is, say, every year you and your son, you and your daughter, you and your wife, you and who, you're a bunch of your friends, you go and play a round of golf or you go and play a round of mini golf. That's a really easy. Not just thing to collect, but a memento of yeah. that trip. You can date it. You guys can all sign it. You can do whatever, you know, frame it and take a picture next to it, whatever it was. And that sort of becomes the, the keepsake from that visit. It's not necessarily about the golfing or the ball itself, but it's that thing that you do every time you guys go. Yeah, that and that's it's kind of a two part answer i gave there because the golf balls as a golfer you're collecting is one thing but yeah the the scorecards from the mini golf it's kind of a whole other different thing but um i, th I think more meaningful like you said because we collected them we have stacks of them and you know you look at them and uh it's it's uh and they're all different of course because they're you know the game you played that day and you can remember that day and remember what you know, the events that went on and put yourself back in that place in time um, like it's not a generic fill in the blank of all the things we're going to talk about in the next hour. But you I, know. I think the real takeaway from this is that you and yeah. I have to play and record or broadcast yeah, well, a you, round you, of miniature you, golf. If I can get you out of Golden Corral for five minutes, we <sighs> I will treat you to a round of miniature golf at Winter Summerland because Fantasia Garden right. is way too hard. I promise. I, I want to go back through the shows and – I want to pick out every time you promised me that because it's going to be a, that's a twenty minute show. We will make it happen. I'm going to take you to Wonder Summerland. I'm going to take you to Wonder Summerland. I'm going to take you to Wonder Summerland. But I'm still waiting. I'm All still right. Waiting. So I want to go to the first one on my list. And yes. you know, when I thought about things to collect, um, I think that there's really again there's a broad definition of that. I think there's sort of no limit as to what you collect, how you collect it, or why you collect it. And I think there are things on my list, Tim, that come from a sentimental perspective they come from an emotional perspective they come from a disney collector perspective and for some reason i've decided to to um the one that i wanted to go with first is one that is actually one of my favorite things to collect and i never never realized i was actually collecting them until i started to sort of look at them and, and think about this list um, because it's something that I collect not necessarily to display as art, but it's something that is a collectible, but it's also functional. It literally brings a smile to my face, and it's also something that I use every single day. I and know what it is. You do? Yeah, a toothbrush. No, but you're close. <laughs> um, it All is right. part of my morning routine. It is part of my morning ritual. And one of my favorite things to collect are the Disney Parks Coffee mugs, mm. right? Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes, and I used mm -hmm. to sometimes post pictures of my mug, not my face, my actual mug, uh, in the morning. I have to start doing that um, again because I, I, I'm a big, you know, I used to be a big coffee drinker. Now I'm, I've been drinking tea for the past few years, and, and primarily just a, a tea drinker. But I love being able to 
open up the cabinet and pick out one that connects me to the park, whether it's the Haunted Mansion wallpaper or Pirates of the Caribbean or Mickey or Peter Pan. And, and I have ones that are favorites of mine that I sort of, so I sort of keep going back to. I have a, a series of four mugs that I believe I got at the Disney store years ago um, that have different characters and different colors. Um, some have the parks, some have attractions. Look, they come in all shapes and sizes. I mean, there are hundreds of different um, designs that you could get. Um, some of them are, are sculpted, like there's a beautiful Haunted Mansion black sculpted mug. There are other ones from Pirates of the Caribbean. There are some that are more um, like three-dimensional. Um, there are some that are, are tumblers. There are some that are meant to be uh, travel mugs. One of the, th I've actually, and I'm including this as part of it, I've been on a, a Tervis tumbler kick for the past couple of years or so. A what? Tervis tumblers. What? You know the, the okay. tall Tervis tumblers, like the plastic ones, the hot and cold mugs? Oh, so, sure. So I've been collecting those actually for a while, and I'm adding this to the list because not only are they becoming more popular in the parks, but I've started collecting these not just from Disney, but from places that I visit. Or what started to happen, and I'm so grateful for, is that friends and listeners who have either seen me drinking out of one or heard me talking about them, on the live show have sent me ones either like from their hometown or from their job. So I've gotten ones from around the world and aquariums and truck stops and all that kind of stuff. Um, you can even get these mugs and services at places like Bed Bath & Beyond or Target. So if it's about sort of just collecting it, but I love being able to go to the park and have say, all right, on this trip to Disney World, this trip to Disneyland, I want to bring home one coffee mug. I want to bring home one Tervis tumblers. And a lot of these, Tim, are almost little pieces of art as opposed to also being functional as well. Um, there's a really neat series like from uh, Alice in Wonderland that had like the Mad Hatter cup and sort of a stack of uh, Alice in Wonderland teacups. Um, there's also the, oh gosh, it's called the, uh, the Mickey's Super Swell Coffee or Really Swell Coffee that has sort of its own brand that's tied into some of the coffee products that they sell too. But I think for me... Um, I love having ones that are personal favorites that I just enjoy. I have a, a Peter Pan and a Mary Poppins silhouette, a couple of mugs that I bought years ago. I have older ones. I have character ones, ones that I get maybe from special events. So I think even if you're not a coffee drinker, if you're a tea drinker, if you're a milk drinker or whatever it is, I think coffee mugs or the, and or the Tervis tumblers are a neat, relatively inexpensive. They're probably all you know, at or under 10, maybe $12 max. It's one of those things that you can make sure that that's the thing that you want to bring home from every one of your trips to Walt Disney World. That's very, I'm such in the mood for cocoa right now. Let me add it to my list. Which is great. Take, take uh, oh boy. You come now, over, you come over one night and uh -huh. we'll, all, we'll share a cup of cocoa in one of my favorite coffee mugs. All right. I mean, we'll have each our own separate mug. I don't want to be weird about it, but you know what I mean. Well, that takes all the fun out of it. Yeah. All right. Now the mug. Now the mugs. The mugs are very cool. And I didn't even think about that, but um, there are so many cool ones around. That, um, and I, I think with a lot of stuff we talk about, um, like there, a lot of them will be very event specific or attraction specific or something open like a movie opened or an attraction opened. Like I think when, um, uh, Beauty and the Beast came out, they had a light up rose cup mm. thingy and, a, and 
uh, when Star Force Awakens was out, you had your little round BB-8 cup. I have a BB-8 cup, not that one, but it's one of my most cherished possessions. <laughs> but, but they're very cool because they're um, – but no, I'm agreeing with you. So, yeah, they're very neat. And there's so many of them. I think like anything on this list, the idea of collecting all of them is – hopeless if not impossible because there's so many and that come and go but that's and, part of the fun right the part of the fun is, is not being able to complete the collection and i think you know the thing about that I, I like about the coffee mugs is you can either display them on your shelf or that you can use them i mean sometimes part of the fun of having a collectible is not just sort of dusting it once every couple of months you know because it's been sitting on the shelf but being able to actually use and enjoy it and that's why i picked this one first well i agree with that although Using the golf ball, I found is not the wisest idea. So, you know, clown. Good. But you can't you can't lose your coffee mug. Well, maybe you can't, but I can either. So I guess I'm up now. Yeah. So I got to think of one. Hmm. Let's see. Th- see, there's a bunch of obvious ones, and I wanted to stay away from them. So <laughs> let's go. <laughs> well, this is obvious. Let's go Christmas. I'm just going to run the whole gamut of Christmas stuff. <laughs> Because um, this is another thing that I we real I realized I had been collecting, but wasn't aware of it. I think that's going to be a constant theme through this whole show. But um, when it comes to Christmas, there's obviously so much you can collect, purchase, and whatever. Um, but a tradition that we've always had. Again, not really realizing it till we talked about this show was getting a Disney themed ornament every time we went down, and we pretty much always would be down there in December um, before Christmas. So the perfect time to buy Christmas ornaments. Although, of course, you can buy them all year round at some at the old Christmas shop and some other stores. But um, again, this is one of those things that no, you, can't, you can't collect them all. There's no point in it. So the 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 fun of getting these is getting the ones that mean something to you, whether it's your a favorite character or a favorite attraction or an ornament from your favorite resort. I think we have 27 from the Wilderness Lodge, which is great. Um, for a while, we would get the yearly ornaments that would have the year on it, um, which would change every year. And those were great to put together as, on the tree and you could – kind of have a walk down memory lane as you remember when you got all these ornaments and what was special about those trips and so forth. Um, but again, there's so much stuff you can buy and that's on the low end of the scale. Now, I know we weren't going to talk about high end stuff too much, but there is a lot of high end stuff. Like I have some Victorian figurine, Mickey Mouse figurines that are wonderful to collect. Um, the other thing I have gotten and I, I'm going to get this right because I'm going to screw it up. But are the um, – uh, where is it? The Gallery of Light Boxes. Oh, that, did you really just take – come on, man. Did I take it from you? Oh, I, I, you can't yes. even pronounce the guy's name. Yes, yes I can. Robert Olz, Stop it. Stop it. You're hurt. I pronounce, know the man and you're hurting me on behalf of him. Pronounce it's it Robert Olszewski. Olszewski. There you go. No, but these, these are – well – I'll just say I have a couple. I would love a hundred of them. They're spectacular. I think I first saw them when we were at D23 years ago. Mm-hmm. Is the first time I saw them. Um, and no trip of mine is complete without at least going into the 
shop on Main Street and at least looking at them. Um, now, as I said, I've gotten a couple over the years. Now, again, these aren't, you know, a $9 coffee mug or a $2 golf ball. I mean, we're getting a little pricey. So these, um, these aren't things you would just go collect on a whim, but, but they are spectacular and they're beautiful. Mine too are actually from the Haunted Mansion, um, which are amazing. And I, uh, since it's obviously on your list, I'll kind of stop my rambling about it there and let you carry on with them. Cause you probably know far more about them than I do. But, um, but that's one of the things with Christmas is it's all the way from the ornaments up to the figurines and the gallery of light boxes, like I mentioned, but, um, even the figurines, there's so hundreds to choose from whether you want Victorian or there's a whole line of steampunk style, um, ornaments and figurines that, I just adore, which I haven't really gotten a whole lot of yet, but um, it's mind-boggling just when you look at how much stuff there is that you can get for Christmas, and um, it's it's a collector's dream. Like, yeah. I think everyone, I, I don't know how many people listening to this show, including you and myself, when it becomes, when it's Christmas and you look at a tree, it's a Disney Christmas, because there's so much Disney stuff on it, and Disney decorations, and wreaths, and ornaments, and all that kind of stuff, so... So first, yes, my Christmas tree has a, a large variety of Christmas ornaments. I agree about going into the Disney Days of Christmas and picking out an or I think that's something that you can do together as a family. It's a great gift to give somebody. To you know, that's sort of what you can give somebody every year. I'm a little concerned and confused as to how you got from Christmas ornaments to the Olszewski Gallery of Light because I got them for Christmas. Oh, okay. They were Christmas friends. <laughs> Excuse me. But See how Christmas ornaments um, was, it was sort of an honorable mention on my list of something that you can't. I think it's a nice gift to either get for your family, again, as a memento from a trip. Oh, this was what this we did. This was the first time we rode, you know, whatever. We can get a, 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 uh, an ornament from that or we get one with our name and year on it. But I, believe it or not, man, the next thing on my list was actually the Olszewski Gallery of Light because as I sort of was... All right, going, well, forget I mentioned it. No, 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 it, it's good. It's good, and I'm, and I'm pleased that you own them because I love these, and I think these are wonderful collectibles for a, a lot of reasons. Um, I've known Robert for years. I had him on the show back in... I think it was 2008, 2009. We did a couple of um, videos and stuff too when he was doing a signing down at um, Art of Disney. And if you don't know what the Olszewski Gallery of Light collections are, they are the small uh, square boxes. They're about six inches by five inches by five inches or so deep. Uh, you'll recognize them. They have a, um, a beautiful, ornate sort of gold or silver foil frame with a black matte box and a glass window with all of these different little vignettes from classic films to park attractions to cruise line to Disneyland. They are incredibly detailed. I actually saw Robert a couple of weeks ago um, at Expo and before the show floor opened, we spent some time chatting and he actually took out for me the book where he, and he showed me the process of creating these, how it goes from concept to design to sketch, then miniaturizing it, and then car, I mean, it's just a fantastic 
amazing process. I can't even draw these things, let alone create <laughs> these little, um, these incredibly tiny sculptures that he puts in these vignettes. They're lighted beautifully. Again, they're everything from characters to scenes from attractions. I love these because for a number of different reasons. I think they are amazing three-dimensional pieces of art. Um, they don't take up a lot of space as opposed to, if you can have 20, you know, Olszewski boxes, it takes up a lot less space than trying to have 20, you know, poster-sized prints up on the wall, right? They are unique in that they light up. I think they are elegant in the dis the design and display. So you can have three, four, five of them on a shelf or on a wall. You can mount them, you know, either on the wall or on a shelf. You can have them together and it doesn't look like it is overly whimsical, overly Disney-fied. I mean, they are, they're really, really beautiful. They have a tiny little switch in the bottom right corner. One of the leaves is actually what turns on the, the LED lights in the scene. Um, some of them, the lights actually, um, they, they change color, like for Cinderella Castle and for the cruise line. Um, they are spectacular, and it was sort of for me, an accidental collectible. I had, I think I received my first one as a gift and then being in the parks and then meeting Robert, I saw other ones that I liked. So I have a haunted mansion. I have a couple of other scenes from different attractions as well. And I have some in my office and we have some, you know, maybe three or four throughout the house. And we've done the same thing. When we went on, it might've been our first or second uh, Disney Cruise, that was one of the things that I bought as a reminder. And, and I put a little piece of paper on the bottom with the date of the sailing that we were on so I could sort of associate it from that. Uh, I do want to add, too, that in addition to the gallery of light boxes that uh, Robert does, he also does these amazing scale models of park attractions as well. They're Z-scale, they're what's known as Z-scale. So it's one 220th of a design Tim, they look exactly like every little detail was pulled off the actual park buildings. I have um, a haunted mansion. They also make like a main, all of the buildings on Main Street, uh, Cinderella Castle. They're in three dimensions, so you can look all around them. Some of them actually open up and have sections that you can pull out um, to actually see what the interior of the attraction looks like. They have um, beautiful sort of dramatic um, illuminated interior windows or night lighting. Sometimes some of the gardens are lit or the lampposts are lit up. But every little detail down to the fire hydrants um, are, are in there and they are hand-painted um, with a beautiful wood base. They have a little tile uh, title plaque to them. And you can actually, and I've seen people collect all of the Main Street ones and actually build oh, this 12-foot-long Main Street USA <laughs> In their house, I'm not quite there. I have just a two or three of the individual pieces from uh, Main Street or um, a couple of different attractions. But I will tell you, if you want to look to something that is a collectible and have as a collection, that is the 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 Gallery of Light boxes. I, I believe they run probably in the sixty to eighty dollar or so range, maybe around ninety dollars or so, depending on what they are. Um, obviously, if you go to the parks, annual pass holder and, and DVC uh, discounts apply in there, too. But you can you can collect these not in terms of trying to complete the collection, but you get your favorite character. You get your favorite attraction. You memorialize a trip with your family. 
They don't take up a lot of space. They're not overly expensive, but they are beautiful, beautiful, beautiful hand-painted works of art. Well, uh, uh, yes, I applaud. And actually, the build, <laughs> the buildings you mentioned, I I look at every time I go in the shot, and I'm, I, I I I agree. They're fantastic. They're beautiful, and I I'm afraid I'll be one of those people if I get one. I'm not going to stop until I have every single building on Main Street. But they well, are now you know I'm going to buy you one, right? And so now you know I'm going to buy you one just so I can make yeah. you go down that right. Go down that. Road. All right, fine. If you want to start my collection, I more than welcome it. And I'm not so sure I don't have Cinderella Castle somewhere. Um, and I I'll, might I'll just, put a link to just saying so. I'll put a link to uh, Olszewski Studios and just very quickly it's O L S Z E W S K I Studios. Dot com. Yeah, you can see why I had such an easy right. time pronouncing. But um, I'll just add, like the uh, the the light boxes. The the thing to me that is most magical. First of all, I was not smart enough to read the directions, so it took me forever to find said gold leaf on off button, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> Like it's a secret button to turn it on, but when I first saw them at D twenty three, and every time I see them at the parks, and even the ones at home, I feel like more than any other souvenir I can get, whether it's a a booklet or a painting or um or, or whatever it is. Once you hit that and you turn that light on, for some reason I can't explain why. Just just because it's so beautiful, perhaps, but that's the thing that puts me in that Disney mode the most, I'm saying this weird, like, but it feels like, not that I'm at Disney, but I, the, the magic is in that box and, and I'm seeing it. It's hard to explain, but that was the first impression I got when I saw him. It just, it wasn't just, that was a great looking painting. This somehow transported right. me and they are so incredibly detailed and beautiful to look at. And, um, yeah, and you, you can keep buying me one every Christmas. I will not fight you. So, did that count as one of yours? Is it back to me now? Or? Um, I, I did because I because I, I waxed so long. Are you just saying you have nothing left and you need to go research? I have not. Now you go. You go ahead, so I can come All up. Right, with so well, well, let's sort of go. Let's go down the, that vein. Let's go down the opposite side of the spectrum, right? So we talked or, about ornaments. We talked about coffee <laughs> mugs. We talked about the Olszewski, which are probably going to run you in the sixty-five, seventy-five, a hundred dollar or so range. I want to go back to. Something that you can buy, something that you can collect, something that I actually did an entire show on. And it's not something that I personally collect, but I see that, like a lot of these things, there are those who are the completists who try and get the entire collection. But it's also something that's easy and accessible for kids or for parents to do for kids or for kids to even go and want to do on their own. And my kids for a little while were collecting these and they are the pressed pennies ah i was waiting for you to tell me that you had these on your list so obviously no i i was gonna put them on but didn't because i knew you were going to you know me so well after so many years obviously the pressed pennies are these um elongated coin machines that um have been around since the mid 90s i think 94 or so um, is when they first came out. And actually back on show 99, which is like 400 episodes ago, um, I did an entire segment on this because I argued this as one of 
one of the most affordable and fun collections in Walt Disney World. And look, I think it's inexpensive. I think it's fun to do with the entire family. There's a lot of different ways to find them, to collect them, display them, enjoy them, and even trade these little souvenirs. And I like these because they're like little miniature scavenger hunts. And believe it or not, each of the four theme parks has about 100 different designs that you can get. Um, the resorts also have um, them as well. I think I think all of the resorts um, probably have them. There's also, you can get them at, well, I'll give you a couple of, of sort of secret locations you can get them. But if you go on a Disney cruise, the Port Canaveral Cruise Terminal has a couple of machines there. You can get them at the water parks, the mini golf, Wide World of Sports even has them. I'm going to give you, Timmy Foster, the secret, mm. if you're a completist, the secret location that you need to go to for the, the one that you might be missing. This is the one I think I'm missing. This is the one that you're missing. Yeah. It's at the airport. No, it, no. It is. It's at the airport gift shop, Mickey's Airport at MCO, at the Orlando International Airport. Uh-huh. They have one there with, um, it, and I think it's still the same. There's one that's Mickey and one is Stitch, and they're dressed as pilots. No way. 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 Cool. The miniature golf <laughs> courses cool. have them. Disney Springs has yeah. them. And what I like about these two is if you want to, you can find – there are lists available that you can get at Disney, but there's a ton of different maps and checklists that you can find online. A number of different sites have – and you can just you know Google um, – uh, Press, Disney Press Pennies checklists or Disney Press Pennies maps. There's a lot of different ones that, from when I was researching very quickly, are really well done and they're also updated. So, again, if you are a completist or if you're trying to get all of a certain character, you know where to go. I, I love watching kids go and do this. And because there's a bit of an interactive element, you're not just dumping 51 cents in there, but they turn the crank, they pick the one they want, they hit the button, whatever it is. There's a little bit of a sense of connection to it. There's a little bit of a sense of fun and ownership for the kids as well. The tip, obviously, is to make sure you bring change with you, and here is the way to do it. You go out, and you Mm -hmm. go buy a bunch of mini M&Ms. You know the little mini M&Ms that come in the little cylinders? You put your pennies in there, and you get something else and hold all your quarters because you need 50 cents in order to, to do it. So look, at 51 cents, it is arguably the least expensive collectible that you can buy that that is not free, obviously. Uh, you can there's lots of unique ways to display them. They have pressed penny books. I've seen people put them on walls in display cases. They put them on maps of the parks. I mean, there's lots of different ways to do it. It's something that the whole family can do and it's not going to necessarily break the bank. I love we actually have a, a pressed penny book somewhere lurking in our box of Disney Dum. Um I, I remember that when my daughter was little, that was we walked around and got the pressed penny. So And I like the Very fact good. that, that you can find so many different characters. I mean, obviously you can find the Fab Five, but you can find right. Mulan, you can find Figment, you can find Wally, you can find mm-hmm. there are, are themed ones. As well, there's some that don't even have characters at all. So if you go to, you know, All Star Sports, you're going to get a very different group of, uh, of of ones to choose from there than you're going to find at Blizzard Beach or in 
the Hollywood Tower Hotel shop. Now, being as I have personally haven't collected a penny myself in quite a while, did they not change the machines recently? Where were change they going them. to? Front to uh, I don't know why I'm thinking this. Like you know that you have the hand cranking machine squash the penny thing. I thought they were they're going to be digitized, not digitized, but automated. Are they more automated? Uh, more automated. Yeah. Is that? They might be. I admittedly um, haven't looked the last couple of times I've been there. But. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm not a collector, so I don't, you know, I, I noticed them, um, and sometimes I'll, I'll I'll check some of them out for, you know, when I do, when I create scavenger hunts for the nation and stuff. I do remember seeing a bunch that have just buttons. Uh, maybe yeah. and that's what you're talking about. You just sort of yeah, hit the button yeah. for the one that you want yeah. instead of turning the crank. Even if that's the <laughs> case, there still is that you know, your three-year-old, your two-year-old, or your five-year-old can go and hit the button of the one that he wants. So there oh, is sure. a sense that it's them picking it, not the parent picking it out for them. Yeah, that's that's still cool. It's still fun turning that crank, though. But So speaking of kids, though, I had on my list a, a few things that um, would probably fall under the category of things your kids would collect, not so much you. Um, and I, I'm going to... I'm going to pull a Lou Mangiello and throw a couple into, into one basket here because some of these we've talked about over and over and over again. And one of them being the kid caught uh, collectibles, stamps, masks, uh, mm-hmm. whatever they are that, that that you can collect, which have varied over the years. And I remember um, years ago and you would uh, – each country, you actually do a craft – unique to that country and that would be what you collect and i remember collecting a cork uh, a troll troll made out of corks in norway and a bunch of other stuff and of course they migrated to the masks where you get the passport stamps on each one um uh, you can collecting the stamps is an adventure unto itself whether you use a mask or you get your passport or book uh world showcase passport or book from one of the gift stores in world showcase um but even just collecting small mementos from each pavilion and world showcase is fun to do. And again, I feel like we've talked about this several times. I'll now just stick to my favorite pavilion, which is which is Uzbekistan. That's right. So and there you can get uh, we get we every time we go, we get something, whether it's a lucky owl, the lucky cat, um, poke uh Boxes of Pocky chocolate. We're talking about the Japan Pavilion in case nobody figured this out yet. Um, paper fans, scrolls with Japanese characters on them, um, anime Nintendo items, whether they're shirts or or books or or change purses or what have you. Um, chopsticks. I remember they have an incredible uh, variety of chopsticks on display with all kinds of ornate designs that that you can collect some have special occasions um one thing i found is there's i will admit this doesn't really fall in the collectible category but i just want to throw it out there but um that you can now get a medallion in the japan pavilion that can be personalized with uh the uh, subject object of your choice i got one with a crane on it and you can have put your name your name in japanese a date of significance and that's a wonderful souvenir to get uh, it's not one you'd collect a hundred of but it's um, something neat to get anytime but that's an example in one pavilion of all the little things you could get that are all relatively inexpensive 
Um, each pavilion has their own assortment of little tchotchkes like that. And it's fun to go around, teach pavilion, and collect them. Whether you're doing the kid cot stops or not, um, you can just do them on your own um, without having to – if you don't want to participate in the kid cot thing or you feel kind of silly because you're you know, 50-something years old and you might be a little too old for that. But um, um, that's one of the great – uh, things that we always do when, when we go to Disney, souvenir shopping and world showcase is always our highlight. So I felt I had to put this on this trip because collecting our world showcase memorabilia is is always fun. And again, you always remember where you were, the, the that trip you were on, what was going on, who you were with, how it was blazing hot that day, all that kind of stuff, how you didn't get your piece of candy from the candy lady in Japan and all that kind of stuff. So... But um, and and we still have the masks from years ago with all the passport stamps on it. Um, so again, uh, all kinds of wonderful little things to collect. Some by design, like the kid cut stuff, and some just adventure off your own and discover them for yourself. You might even get some M and M's in Canada, which are fantastic. Last time I heard. <laughs> <laughs> There's, there's, an, there's an inside joke about Tim and his... I don't his, think that's so inside. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so you really hung up on that, how I ruined Illuminations from you because I was talking too much, right? I didn't say a thing about Illuminations. <laughs> All I mentioned was Canada and candy. Well, I look, I, I like this. You Everybody's know, going, what are they talking about? We, uh, we have talked about it a lot. And look, I think World Showcase affords you the opportunity to collect something from each pavilion in the way that best suits you usually for me it's some type of a food item for other people it mm. could be a small collectible um you know i think a long time ago i talked about trying to find you know souvenirs in world showcase from each pavilion that were under five dollars each so you can collect something from each one that again wasn't going to to break the bank um <coughs> excuse me i actually remember right well, sorry to interrupt you but you reminded me because and i totally forgot about this that one year i tried to collect and I think I was unsuccessful, but I don't know. I haven't seen them around lately, so I have no idea if they're still available. But um, one year, I, there was you could get a small figment figurine representative of each of the pavilions, or at least you could have. I don't think mm -hmm. I got all eleven, but um, I remember one year going around specifically looking for each of those, which was um, th th that to me that was the perfect souvenir because figments, you know, one of my favorite characters. Blended with World Showcase, one of my favorite places. What could be better? So, um, but I, I've looked around. I've, I haven't seen them lately, so I don't know if they're still around. If that was a one-time thing, or I'm just not looking hard enough, and I have no idea where they all went to. But uh, you, you, you just triggered that fond memory of mine, and I just wanted to throw it out there. So, so you know, the next one on my list, Tim. I, I <laughs> have to admit, I never, never. ever would have thought that this would have been on my list. Because I never consider, and I still don't consider myself necessarily personally a collector of these, but I do have a collection of them. And when they were first released, I think in the States in 2014, they were released overseas in Japan first a year earlier. When they were first released, I said, these are cute, but I'm not the target demo. I'm not going to be the guy that's going to be collecting these. But I like these for a lot of different reasons because I think they are collectible. They're inexpensive. And yet, uh, as I look around my room and my house and my daughter's room and my son's room, 
I find many more Disney Tsum Tsums than I ever would have expected <laughs> we were going to have. So let's go back just a little bit. Tsum uh, Tsums are obviously the small little plushes. Uh, they come in a variety of different sizes. There's the mini ones that are about three and a half inches long. There's a medium 11-inch, 17-inch large, and the 35-inch gigantic mega ones. I'm talking really about the three and a half-inch mini ones that were released, uh, again, in Japan first because the, the word sumsum actually comes from a Japanese word, sumu, which means stack, which means to stack. And these are meant to be sort of small, stackable plushes. And that's exactly what my daughter did with her ever-growing collection of sumsums was we sort of built these kind of shadow boxes and she stacked them up tightly in there and was able to display them um, on the walls. The thing about these that I found I personally ended up doing was I found one that I liked. Oh, I like the little Yoda one, so I have to get that one. And oh, of course, well, there's a Spider-Man. I have to get the Spider-Man one. And then all of a sudden, I had a Star Wars one, and then I had a Finding Nemo one. And oh, look, there's a Mary Poppins one. And of course, you have to get the classic Mickey one. Next thing I know, I've got a couple of dozen Tsum Tsums in, <laughs> in my house, in my room. But the thing that's neat about these, Tim, is... One, there are hundreds of them already to choose from. There are new collections coming out all the time, and they really touch on every aspect of the company. So you will find Tsum Tsums from and about the Walt Disney World and Disneyland theme park attractions. You will find them from classic as well as new Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars films as well. Uh, and you can go, you know, for example, if you're an Alice in Wonderland fan, there's about 35 or so different ones that you can collect. Um, I have, like, I love the the simple white Baymax one and the mech, um, the mech red Baymax. But because the price point of these is about 4 or $5, and oftentimes you can find these on sale, um, you can also find them at places like JCPenney. You can find them at Target. You can find them on the Disney Store online. When you you get there, oh, you can always find them on sale. They also come sometimes in little gift packs. There's a collectible aspect of it. There's a completist aspect of it. There's a trading sort of aspect. You know, there's sites online and on Facebook that people have and buy and trade um, the Sum Sums as well. For me, I find ones either in the parks or about, you know, I had to make sure I had to get a Spider-Man one. And then when the Avengers came out, I got a couple of those too. And I have a few that I display on my shelf behind me. But I think because they are so small, because they are so relatively inexpensive, this again is one of those things that adults, kids can collect. Look, you want to give your kid, hey, here's $10. You can go pick out, you know, one or two souvenirs. They can go and pick out the one that they want. And if you are a collector, if you are a completist, you know, you can have a lot of fun with that, too, because they there are varieties in the ones that are in the U.S. And there are slight variations in the ones that are from the parks and from the store and from Target. And if you want to collect the Japan ones, there are the ones in, in Japan are a little different. Um, there's also a store in the U.K. called Clinton's. Um, they have different tags. They have slight variations. So if you want to make sure you get all of the Mary Poppins or the Spider-Man or Emperor's New Groove collection, whatever it might be, you can have a lot of fun. I think part of the fun in collecting 
is the art of the chase and trying to find the one to complete your collection. So if you need to get, you know, Chernabog or Hyacinth Hippo from Fantasia, you can have a lot of fun looking on those sites, looking online, going to the Disney store in your mall or at Walt Disney World, or, you know, obviously there's a, a whole aftermarket on places like eBay. I love that you brought that one up. <laughs> I forgot about that. Well, no, I didn't forget about them. But as luck would have it, Lou Mangiello, we have an article about that in this coming issue of Celebrations, as it turns out. Um, but I was yeah, hoping I think, you were going to say, you know, Lou, I'm happy you can say that because I was, I was I too embarrassed you. to admit that I have a collection of my own. No, well, maybe. But we, we've, we have gotten a few of our own over the years. We've always gravitated to the Winnie the Pooh collection, which is um, quite adorable. I, 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 to me, one of the coolest things about these is uh, kind of the opposite of what you were saying. Not like I, I need um, uh, Eeyore, say. Uh, you know, you go and you look for it, you seek it out, you find it. Um, the flip side of that is when you're standing in front of a whole wall of them. And you mentioned there were targets. So I'm at Target all the time. So I was just there today looking at them and trying to figure out who on earth is that supposed to be. And, of course, they're not uh, labeled with who they are. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a lot of the fun. And I remember when they first started coming out, it, it was – they're you know, that you started with Mickey, Donald, Goofy. It was clear who they were. But as you get into the more uh, obscure characters and – obscure films um, and variations of characters, then uh, if you find yourself at a gift store or even a Target, like you said, and, and there's just this random mix of them. And for the life, you can't figure out what it is. And I've been, I was in a Disney store, and I think there was some – and I asked the cast member, who is that? And they're like, um, uh, uh, I don't know. Who is that? Like, you know, and then, some of the tags and, and have names. You, some of them don't, yeah. Yeah, well, all the ones I can't figure out are the ones that don't have the names. But when that lightning bolt hits and you realize, like, uh, oh, my gosh, that's Jesse from Toy Story. And then you, then you realize how clever they are. And that's the cool thing about them, too, is how clever they are. Because it's, it's easy enough to put just the face on that little plush and be done with it. But some of the ways that they've uh, translated a lot of the characters into the Zoom Zooms are... are pretty clever and ingenious yeah. the way they did it so much so that it's hard to figure out who they are but yeah they're those are very very cool uh, kudos for you for mentioning that and, and good... you know it's funny because and there are a number of sites out there obviously dedicated to the collection of zoom Soons. it's amazing to me not only just how many there are how many variations they are if you're a completist you're in trouble man because they've got you know not just stuff from the parks but they have special holiday editions, Disney Store editions, Valentine's Day. Um, They had a a whole collection of, um, I'm trying to remember. So last year, I remember being at the Disney Store and they had the the Christmas Advent calendar, which was the Hmm. box of 25 Tsum Tsums, excuse me, special edition Christmas ones that you had to open as you were counting down on your way to Christmas. They have anniversary editions, Hong Kong. I have a... um, I have a collection of, there was a Hong Kong uh, 10th anniversary set when I was in Hong Kong a couple of years ago. 
I bought three. I bought one for each of my kids, and I was like, oh, it's one to have or give away, and I ended up keeping it, and now it sits on my shelf because <laughs> I'll never be able to, to get that again. But they also theme them to the holidays and, and some of the overseas parks, and, and if you go and find some of the um, the official and unofficial sites on there, there are some that have photos of every single one so they can help you identify but you're right i sometimes it's fun trying to figure out who is this character and why can i not figure out you know who wendy darling is right right yeah that, they, they are so cool i have no idea where we are on our list Did that, you know What's the left? numbers don't matter the numbers really have, don't they, matter they never matter i had a few on mine that, that did squarely fall into the things that are free category didn't we do a top 10 of free things you can get in disney once you know, Tim, five hundred, almost five hundred episodes later, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure we touched on it well, somewhere anyway, along the way. You, I thought of that fell into the free category, um, and, and there's some big, looming collectible things you haven't mentioned. And I'm curious if you're ever going to mention them or not, but. I'm not going to because I'm going to see if you're going to. Excuse me one second. I was just curious as we were talking because I'm like, you know, I was thinking about yeah. the aftermarket Zoom Zoom collectibles. And because a lot of these you are exclusive, like a D23 Expo, the the line to get to the exclusive Zoom Zooms every year that I've gone is so high. So I just went to eBay very quickly just to sort of do a quick search oh, no. to, see, to see. And I did. I sorted by price plus shipping highest first. And there is a Disney store. Uh, Mini Sum Sum Marie's Children's Picnic Table, which currently has a high bid of one thousand fourteen dollars on it. Oh my gosh! Well, you I, you know what you're getting. Now that's now, now I'm not saying that's the ones that I'm looking for, but it's um yeah, just as a, a quick aside. So I'm sorry. That's, please go ahead. Well, actually, you you made me before I even vaulted to my free stuff list. I was re it's recalled the collecting of the Duffy Bears as well. Um, which we could throw in the pile of things to collect too. Yeah. Um, I personally don't. I might have one lurking around here somewhere, but um, a friend of mine is an avid collector of of the Duffy Bears, and they. I, I swear, she sent me a picture of. I, I don't know the number, but it was like the front steps of their house, and this is like four steps, <laughs> and they're filled with Duffy Bears, and somewhere in the middle is the child in question, and it was hard to pick out which one. But again, it like like. Um, I was gonna say like zoom zooms, but not so much. But they the Duffy Bears come out for all different uh, occasions, seasons, festivals, attractions, whatnot. So they're if they're fun. To, if you like Duffy Bears, they're fun to collect too. That wasn't my next one, but she made me remember it, so I wanted to throw it out there. But um, so I was thinking of free. Th speaking of kids and speaking of free things to collect, um, one of the first things that always comes to mind when you put those two together are stickers, and. Uh, Stickers are always fun. They're fun things to collect around the parks, partly because you never quite know when you're going to get one. And that's that's much of the fun in collecting them. It's not like – and I'm not talking about go into the store and buy the pack of 100 princess stickers. It's This is the sticker that the pilot of the launch boat gives you or the sticker that the cast member walking down the street gives you. Um, they're random – acts of Disney magic that come out of seemingly nowhere when you least expect them. Um, and we've gotten quite a few. Uh, we, and they'll have, they'll have anything on them from Mickey Mouse to any character to, uh, you know, resorts, attractions and whatnot. Um, 
but the more prime more than anything else on this list those those definitely are ones you you keep you collect and you really want to remember where you got it from we always jot down where it came from like we got it on this day from our from captain bob on the launch boat going to the wilderness lodge or something along those lines and um they're like i said they have that different aspect of collecting them because it's not you can't seek them out you just get them but when you get them they're really cool um it's not that just you got a sticker because you know what you got along with that? You got a little bit of cast member Disney magic along with that. And that's something that you'll never forget. And that's why our sticker collection might be our most valued one because it's not only remembering the trips that we were on and the moments that we were there, but these were the interactions we had with the cast members that we never forget, the ones that went out of their way above and beyond to make your trip just that little bit more special. So I like that, and I'm going to piggyback on that with okay. something else that's free, something else that requires cast member interaction, which I, I like you, look at as a good thing. I think the the you know part of the reason why we love Disney so much is because of the cast members. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, this is something that that's free and not everybody knows about because it's not something that is necessarily advertised. But I'm sure, Tim, you being the the Disney guru that you are, you know of and probably have a few of the Disney World transportation trading cards. I knew you were going to say that. Right? See how well I know you? See that? Yes. We are like peas in the pod, like peas and carrots. So there are three sets of (laughs) of free transportation trading cards you can collect. The boat section, the bus section, and the monorail section. And each one of them are color-coded differently. They have a picture on the front of the bus, the boat, the monorail. There's a little character icon. They're numbered, and they have some information and trivia on the back. These actually go back to, I think the first series came out in about 2006, and there were three bus, three boat, and 12 monorail cars, uh, different cards. They came out with a second series in 2009, which had... Uh, 25 cards and some cards um, you know again there's a collectability aspect to it because uh, one of the cards had a typographical error one of the ones like the grand mm-hmm. one I think was re-released with a uh, a different statement and it says second edition um, they also pulled another card uh, due to an error uh, an error on it and then eventually obviously because of what happened with one of the the, the, the two monorails Back in 2011, I believe. Now, obviously, there's only 11 monorails as well. They did a a third series in 2013, and I believe they're about to release, or maybe they have released a a fourth series um, that is going to have some of the new articulated buses in it um, as well. You could also, when you go to the bus, you could also ask the bus drivers for the bus safety cards. I think they still have those as well. But what I like about this, Tim, is that you do need to go up to a cast member and ask mm-hmm. them for it. They don't always have them. They obviously don't always have an entire set. So it almost forces you in a good way to have some cast member interaction. You get to chat with some of the cast members as well. It, it is sort of the, the fun is in the quest itself. You can bring it. They're, look, they're, they're free to collect. They're easy to transport. They're easy to display if that's what you want to do when you get them home. Uh, and this is one of the ones that I think is a real favorite because it is um, 
it's not something that's so well known. So the next time you're on one of the transportation systems or if you're at the TTC or at any of the transportation buildings uh, or even at your resort, you know, sort of the transportation loading areas, you could ask them as well for it. And I think this is uh, the added aspect of the, the cast member conversations is really one of the, 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 the cast member conversations and the fact that it's not so well known is one of the reasons why I had this on my list. Yeah, they're they're very cool. I think we have a monorail one somewhere, but that's as far as I ever got because I'm afraid to go up and talk to people. So <laughs> we'll work on that next time you're here. Too. We'll work on that next time. Well, actually, it's funny because these the two last two things we talked were kind of polar opposites in the sense that the stickers come to you out of the blue from a customer approaching you, and where the transportation cards come the other way. But they're both very. Um, cool to collect and and you're right i think the transportation cards is something not even a lot of huge diehard disney fans might not actually be aware of them because uh like i said they're not just given out um uh, you know freely you have, you have to actually go and hunt them down and all that i actually think we got one by happenstance because we were standing around too long and they just gave us one but um it was pretty cool another thing along those lines though that we we collected for a while was um, park maps and time guides and that sort of thing. And those are fun to collect one, cause they're free and two, cause uh, they change, they constantly are changing. So you can get a new one uh, every trip. Uh, oftentimes they'll feature the new attraction that came in or the new restaurant or what have you. Um, so you can get them from all the parks. You can get the time guides at resorts for when shows are going to be, when to meet characters and that sort of thing. Um, one of the coolest things I did as far as uh, park maps was going to Epcot. And I assume this is throughout the park, but since I always find my way entering through the International Gateway, there's always a stand there with maps of Epcot, of Epcot in different languages. And it's a great place to collect uh, maps, whether it's in French, Spanish, and, and even Japanese, uh, just just have them for the novelty of it, not that you can read them. Or maybe you can, maybe you're smart and you can speak 12 languages, Lou, I don't know. But um, they're, they're great to collect. And again, it's every time you go, they're going to be different or change slightly. So uh, again, it's a nice way to keep track of all your visits, uh, especially if you're scrapbooking or something like that. So they're fun to collect. So. Yeah, and I and, and I like, they're free, and so. they're free. But what and I like about these the the maps too is that you can start your map collection now, and say you start to, you know, pull and save a map from every one of your visits. Next thing you know, over a few times after a few years, you have these snapshots in time that you can sort of chronicle what has changed. But it actually is something that is a relatively inexpensive thing if you want to be a map collector you can start going back in time and trying to get mm -hmm. some of the early maps those are some of the things that i have in boxes in my garage although i've been purging a lot of that on ebay i've been getting rid of <laughs> a lot of that kind of stuff just because i want to share it with people who can use them and display them and enjoy them more because they're doing nobody any good sitting in boxes but it's neat to go back and look at a map from 1973 and so when i do a wayback machine segment oftentimes that will be my reference material i'll go back through those maps <clears throat> excuse me, and see what used to be there. I try and remember what it looked like back then. You know, save for some of the really early, the, the rare ones, 
that too is a relatively inexpensive thing. Some of the paper goods are sometimes an inexpensive thing if you want to be a collector of it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were done. No, I, I, was, I was wondering where my gift box of maps was that you probably sent me but haven't gotten yet. <laughs> if you're no. a collector, I'm yeah. sure I still have a couple that have not made it to. But I have ones from 1971 and from the I've early 70s. I've eBay and, like everyone else, though. Yeah, but um, and they're fa- and they're really neat too. Uh, one of my favorite ones is I have an old Epcot Center one that they used to give out that had a circular wheel. You would spin the wheel, and different bits of information would go into the pavilions. Uh, I, I, you ever see like some of the you? I don't know if you remember. Like when we were kids, anybody my age, you were kids and you had sort of those wheels that you would turn the wheel inside. It would sort of be in between two pieces of you know cardboard. And there'd be little cutouts, and as you turn the wheel, the information would go into those. Little, I'll have to just put it up on the show notes so you know what I'm talking I, I about. I get what you're saying. That's that's very cool. I would definitely like to see one of those. Yeah, I, so they, I, I remember it, they had them for Epcot. It's actually cool. Like in when in doing the magazine, like you, I've in researching stuff. I'll frequently go dig up an old map from you know 1971 from Magic Kingdom just to remind myself what what the attractions were at the time or what this was called at the time or you know and, and they are fascinating to watch to see not not just to remember what used to be and what is there now but even just to see how they changed in style over the years and how the ones from the 70s just look so 70s and the ones from the 80s look so 80s and so forth but um but th- their need to collect and yeah and their need to go back uh even if it's just on the internet and look up old ones and see what they look like heck print them out no one will know the difference just hang them up nice (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right so do you have any more on your incredibly fascinating list no well you know what i don't i don't have any big ones i know there's 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 a couple i haven't mentioned i I know you got a million mile honorable mention list coming up yeah do your list do your honorable mention list first i'm gonna say too and these are shows in their own right um one was autographs that mm-hmm. you can collect and that again that's a whole show so i didn't really want to go there because i would have taken way too long and the other one but you you may wax eloquently on that topic if you would like it's fine um but the other one we didn't touch on i'm sure everybody out there is screaming pins 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 why aren't you talking about the pins is the other one i thought of but didn't include on my list again that's a whole show two shows three shows a book that you could write on the pins i will confess that one of the reasons i didn't put it on my list is because if i have any i probably have five and those are five that people gave me and i don't collect them because we've kind of touched on this a few times when they first came out with them i saw them and i was almost oh i'm gonna get that and i'm gonna get every single one of them and then it wasn't long before I realized that there's no possible way you could collect every single one. And if your obsession is to do so, you're going to drive yourself crazy. And I knew I would. So I purposely stayed away from trying right. to get involved in that. But they are still uh, – there are people that are avid traders and have books and books filled with pins. Um, and and there are people like me. Like I, I'll, I'll buy a pin – specific for 
a friend or a relative or somebody is a gift that's special to them because it's of a a favorite character or a favorite attraction or resort or an event. Um, but it, it has significance to them because it's you know their favorite movie or park or whatever. So there's that aspect of it too, which is more my little humble side of pin collecting. But like I said, that's a whole yeah big topic unto itself, and I'm I'm sure everyone was screaming pins the whole time along like. You're missing the obvious one. And I think that, but, that's why I didn't put it on my yeah. list because it is sort of stating the obvious as, as a collectible. Uh, I am not a pin collector per se, yet I have, you know, countless pins scattered throughout the house and in boxes and, and sometimes on display, some of which are, are uh, I have a Lumon sentimental. Jello pin somewhere. You have a what? I have a Lumon Jello pin. Somewhere. I have a Celebrations pin somewhere. There you go. See? So there you go. Uh, and when you say Lumangelo pin, it's not a, it's a WW radio pin. A WW. Yeah, I, I did not make you know, it. You know what? It, you know what it is. I think it's a. If I'm allowed to say it, you can bleep me if we're not. A WW trivia pin is what I. Mean. Yeah, it probably is. It's the old trivia yeah. book. Was the first pin I ever we ever made. The question mark at the ear. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So registered mark of all Lumangelo Incorporated. <laughs> I I do have uh, others on my list. Um, I know you do. But I, I want to go quickly through them because I don't want to to belabor it because I do want to hear. Because I think, Tim, what's fun about this is hearing what other people collect. There are probably people who are collectors of things that we might not even have thought about. Or the way that they collect them or the way that they display them is really what, and this is why I like this topic, collecting is an expression of your fandom in the way that means something to you. So whatever it is that you collect, there's a reason why. So if you are a scrapbooker and you can collect autographs and photographs i mean i've seen some beautiful creative ways that people have done that before they go it's not about collecting the autograph it's collecting the autograph and matching it with a picture of themselves or their child and then creating their own scrapbook out of that you know attaching it's not about collecting the signatures it's about collecting these moments in time and they attach those memories and those photo photographs to that some people collect artwork you know, that's the thing mm -hmm. that they collect. That's what they want to display. I know some people who are shirt collectors. They get a new shirt every time they go down. Maybe a little tougher to display. They wear out over time. Um, I know some people who are jewelry collectors. You know, that's... And look, mm -hmm. here's, gentlemen or ladies, here's a hint for you. One of the best things mm -hmm. I ever did is you buy somebody, your wife, girlfriend, mom, a Pandora bracelet with one charm. You know you're all set for what to get them for the next few holidays or birthdays. <laughs> you don't have to really think about it too much. Yeah, and just blew it for all of us. <laughs> right. we, had, we had this. <clears throat> Until, of course, you fill up the bracelet and then you got to move on to oh, something else. Start another one. Uh, I know some people are, are um, snow globe collectors. And again, there is an art and, a, and a, a personal way to collect because I think they go from the simple to the elaborate and some have mu music and some have motion and they really range in size and price. Uh, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, that's another free collectible. Mm -hmm. Even if you don't play the game, you can go and get cards and there's a, a bit of a hunt to that as well because of special events. They Actually, Disney introduced a home game for Sorcerers, so if you have some and you want to play at home, you can do that as well. Uh, and then I, I thought about the one thing, too, is I, I, I'm very conscious of price. We were talking about the prices of certain things, um, uh, some things being free as well. I did a video that I'll link to in the show notes. I did five souvenirs under $5 and things like antenna toppers. 
even your car might not have an antenna anymore. It's a neat, easily transportable, easy displayable um, souvenir. Some people collect keychains. One of the things that I love, and I think this is a neat thing to, if you want to start kids in terms of one of those blind box types of collections, are the Disney collector packs. You'll see them in a lot of the gift shops and the Emporium and Mouse Gear. They, um, they're about $5 each or so, and they're blind packs that have three little mini figures in them. And there's everything from parks to pirates to Star Wars to villains to holidays and Pixar. Um, they are tradable. They're easy to display. Part of the fun is hunting for the ones that you want. Again, low cost of entry to get them. If something happens to it, if your kid loses it or the dog eats it or whatever, they're easily replaceable. There's not a huge investment, but I think now there's probably about 300, probably more than 300 of the different minifigures. I think each of the, the series has 18 to 20 in them, and I think they're on like Park Series 9 now and Star Wars Series 7. So there's a, a, a current collectible sense of it and then there's also sort of going back and trying to complete the collection and again that the fun being of the hunt um, i won't give away all the other ones but you can just search on facebook or youtube or i'll put it on the show notes five souvenirs under five dollars i before you get into it timmy foster i'm gonna plug yeah. first and say wait that- also well will you plug but you remind me of a quick <laughs> story too but go ahead tell your story first no, no, no. You reminded me. We didn't say Vinylmation, but that was in your other thing, I'm sure. No, you remind, when you said Snow Globe, and I, I remember I said Snow Globe early on in the show. Um, one year, I think it was last year, I was unpacking the Disney Christmas decorations for the holiday festivities in um, October. Yeah, I'm one of those people, people. That's So don't judge me. But <laughs> I've had a, a box for the a coffee maker in it which was still had the coffee maker in it. And I thought, why didn't I use this? Or why is this down here? So whatever. I opened it up. It was not a coffee maker. This was the most elaborately detailed nightmare before Christmas snow globe that you could imagine. And I I guess we got it and for some reason stuffed it in there to keep it safe till the next Halloween or Christmas whenever we were going to pull it out again. And promptly forgot about it. So, but but you're reminding me of that. But it is now proudly on display in my living room. But you mentioned snow globes, and I f- remember that story, which is probably funny to nobody but myself and my <laughs> mother. But if I you do were, what I can. So, if you were to start a collection, say like you know what, I'd like ah, to start trying to okay. collect something. What do you think you would like to collect? <sighs> Well, I've always I always gravitate to the art stores. So I would probably do either figurines or paintings or something. And you also remind me, my sister collects Thomas Kincaid Disney prints, and she has a ton of them in her house, which are fascinating. Um, like the only problem there, and you touched on it with the light boxes, was uh, it's not like you can get fifty of them and kind of put them on display. But um, but no, I, I'd go for the figurine art angle. So. Okay. Yeah. Yourself? Well, I mean, I, I again, I don't consider myself a collector of the Olszewskis. I mean, I do have ones that I like. I mean, I probably, I think if we have maybe 10 total. Um, I, I will say that, um, you know, I have, I still have in boxes my collection of, 
you know, Walt Disney World sort of ephemera documents and stuff that I've, I've collected over the years. I will say, and I won't, I won't say his name, but but thanks to a listener who has become a friend, I'll just call him JJ. I now have an extensive collection of Spider-Man Funko Pops. He knew I was a big <laughs> Spider-Man fan. What? So you know the Funko Pops, the little the figurines sort of like, like with the with the big heads. There's di- there's a million oh, Disney oh, ones oh, of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. one day I got one in the mail, and then. I got a number, and I think at last count, and I'm sort of looking behind me, um, I think I have 22, So, oh, and I literally just went out and I bought myself a shelf so I can put them up on a shelf, <laughs> um, and it was never something I would have thought of collecting, and now that I have them, I'm like, well, now nah, I, I got to complete the collection, right? I got to get all the Spider-Man ones, so JJ, you know who you are, and, and thank you for that, um, as well as other people who have sent me all kinds of stuff that is um, now on the shelf behind me. Um, people know that, you know, there have been certain things I've talked about either on the show or in passing on the live broadcast in terms of holy grails of collectibles, um, like the, um, the the perfume bottle from Madame Lafitte's Parfumerie. Somebody found one and sent that one to me. I mentioned going with my dad to the House of Magic and having that little King Tut trick that sort of levitated out of the box well somebody found one for me in the box and sent it to me and i will i am not too proud to admit that i cried literally like i wept outwardly when i got those two because it was just such a a beautiful gesture from somebody for something that meant something to me as a kid um and that's what i want to hear from you the listener Um, i want to know what is it that you collect how do you display them Tell me, call the voicemail at 407-900-9391. Tell me, show me on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash radio. Show me what it is that you collect, how you display your collection, how proud you are, however big, however small, or what that thing is that you want to collect. I would love to have this really be an interesting conversation and a way for you as my family and community to come together and show some of the things you collect, you might make a new friend along the way. Um, I'd also like to offer you some additional free things that you can collect and do uh, at Walt Disney World. If you go to www.radio.com, right there on the homepage, if you sign up for the newsletter, you can get 102 things to do and eat and collect at Walt Disney World. And like uh, so many things on our list, it is completely free. Oh. You're up, Timmy Foster. Is that it? Plug oh, out. well. Now I'm going to sit back, relax, and let you do your plugs. I have a book. <laughs> That's all. You're so... Bits- no, you know what? As as This is pure serendipity. By pure chance, in the issue of Celebrations coming up, we have an article on souvenirs to get in Walt Disney World. <laughs> and it talks about mugs and Zoom Zooms and... Buttons, which we didn't mention, and some other stuff. And then that was a pure accident. And I actually just connected the dots like halfway through the show that that was coming up. So but that's our next issue that's printing right now, so we'll be out soon. But uh, you can always subscribe at celebrationspress.com. But, Lou Mangello, I am happy, pleased, excited to announce. Last, I think on the last show I did with you, I kind of teased the fact that we're going to do a new Christmas collector's book. Yes. And I can tell you, officially, as of today, today as in when we're recording this, I don't know when you're actually going to put this out on the air, but it is up for pre-sale now. You can pre-order your copy of Christmas Memories. This will be our third edition, and it includes uh, Christmas at the Epcot Resorts, 
the gingerbread houses at Walt Disney World, Christmas trees throughout Walt Disney World, Christmas shopping throughout Walt Disney World, window shopping on Main Street, all that wonderful stuff. So that just went on pre-sale. Lou, I'm going to send you something when we're done with this so you can hopefully put it on your site or in your newsletter so people can get a WDW radio special on the pre-sale. I love it. Thank you. And I'm looking at, and I'm actually looking at these on the, by the way, the brand newly updated and oh so fancy schmancy celebrationspress.com. Yes. New new website and new newsletter. So people sign up for that and I'll come up with something really cool and free to give away. (laughs) That's a great idea. But, um, Yes, you can go to celebrationspress.com. It's up on the homepage now, so um, you can pre-order it. It's due to come out in um, – arrive in mailboxes sometime in November, but that means I have to hustle and get to the printer pretty quickly to do so, which I will. I promise everybody, but I'm going to love – these are my favorite things to put together. I love Christmas at Disney and um, have so much fun putting this together. So. And they're but beautiful. I, I can say that having seen them before um, – they they are beautiful and they really do make nice gifts. I'm gonna help plug for you. They really make nice gifts too. So, and I'm gonna give you one, awesome. and I'll sign. With you'll, oh, you'll sign it. Well, even better. Uh, my daughter signed it for you. <laughs> she liked her better than. She's me. my favorite Foster anyway. So. I know. So. <laughs> well, listen, Timmy Foster. These are always fun. You know, from our email exchanges, we have many, many more top tens to go through if you our friend the listener has an idea for a top 10 that you'd like us to cover email me lou at www.radio.com and i will make sure that little timmy foster and i will uh will do it together maybe you know timmy maybe we'll bring um maybe we'll bring somebody in maybe we'll pick somebody like from the nation or something one of these days to come and join us for another top 10 or an auction winner i love those shows because i don't have to say anything It's time for our Walt Disney World trivia question of the week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World's history or see how well you pay attention to the details, sometimes in what you see, sometimes in what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can enter via our online forum for a chance to win a Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week I brought you over to Disney's Animal Kingdom, specifically to the Tree of Life, really inside the Tree of Life, at It's Tough to Be a Bug, one of Walt Disney World's 4D attractions. And your question was to tell me that right after the big musical number and grand finale, all of the bugs leave the screen chasing after what item? And again, thanks to the nearly thousand of you that entered, got this one correct, and you knew or remembered the bees and the dung beetles and the dragonflies and all the other bugs sort of got together singing about how the insects help humans and really, it really is tough to be a bug. Weevil returned and in his hands, arms, whatever, he's holding a moldy cupcake. He starts to get chased after by the bugs. That's what they're chasing after. I took cupcake, piece of cake, anything that sort of had the word cake in it and now I want cake, but I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, 
Once again, you are playing for my 102 ways to save money for an at Walt Disney World book, all seven of my virtual audio walking tours of the park, which you can still get at the shop at www.radio.com, a WW Radio Magic Band 2.0 cover, and one of the brand spanking new WDW Radio Pop Sockets. It's a stand and a holder and a grip for your phone. Again, I took all the correct entries, randomly selected one, and last week's winner is Allison Bryant. So, Allison, you use the online form. I have your shipping information. I will get your prize package out to you right away. If you played last week and didn't win, that's okay, because here's your next chance to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So we are talking about the closing of attractions at like Universe of Energy, the Great Movie Ride, other changes that are coming to the parks. So let's sort of hit the Wayback Machine and travel over to Epcot Center, specifically Universe of Energy, when Epcot first opened. Now, I was originally going to ask you to tell me who was the original sponsor of Universe of Energy, but I thought it was too easy because I figured all of you know that it was Exxon slash ExxonMobil. And you can find that answer back on show 199, where I did a full Epcot retrospective about Universe of Energy. But what maybe you don't know is while it was originally known as the Universe of Energy, and now it's Ellen's Energy Adventure, for a very short period of time, as in just a few weeks, this attraction, this pavilion, had a different name. What was it? In between Universe of Energy and Ellen's Energy Adventure, this pavilion, this attraction had a different name. Tell me what it is. You have until Sunday, August 13th. If you go to www.radio.com, click on podcast, go to this week's episode. There you'll find the online form. Give me your name, give me your address, give me your answer. And again, if you win, you will get that entire prize package, the book, the tours, the cover, the sticker, and the pop socket. So good luck and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you again so much for spending and sharing some of your time with me. I know how valuable it is. And I sincerely appreciate it and you for spending it with us this week. A couple of quick announcements. I mentioned the closing of Great Movie Ride and Universe of Energy. Obviously, our meet of the month this month is going to be at Universe of Energy on August 13th in Future World and Epcot Center. We're going to meet around 10 o'clock uh, right by the entrance. We'll probably get online to ride about 10.30, maybe even go over and check out the new green version of Mission Space. If you go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Radio, you can RSVP. Let us know that you're coming. Anyone and everyone is invited, so come by yourself. Bring the whole family. You can also find out about other upcoming events, our group cruise to Alaska next year, and some other projects we are working on as well. Also, check out show number 199 for my retrospective on Universe of Energy as well. Speaking of great movie ride clothes, I want to share one of my favorite fan-made projects called The Pretty Good Movie Ride. Go to prettygoodmovieride.com. You'll see a recreation of not just all of the different variations of the final montage, but a couple of new ones, including one that's pretty good. Also, I'm excited to announce once again that Lee Cockrell, former Disney Executive Vice President of Operations at Walt Disney World, is going to be speaking at my Momentum Conference alongside Duncan Wardle, the former Vice President of Innovation and Creativity for the entire Disney company. I'd love for you to come and join us in Walt Disney World this October 14th through the 16th. There are now only seven seats left and only one spot left for the Mastermind Day. Whether you are a solopreneur, have an idea, have a blog, or just want to turn what you love into what you do, this event, which is limited to just 50 people, so it's small and intimate, 
is going to help you make real changes in your life, in your business, in an interactive workshop focused on creating real results for you. For more information, visit lumangelo.com. I also want to welcome and thank some of the new members of the WW Radio Nation family this month, including Katie Kuhn, Bridget Williamson, Gwyn Cornell, Tim Moore, and Stan Solo. Thank you guys so much for coming on, helping the show, and really being part of the Nation family. And if you want to find out not only how you can help the show, but get exclusive rewards every month, like scavenger hunts, we have a private Facebook group, there's personalized magic band covers, there's logo gear, care packages from Walt Disney World, and live video group calls where we all get together on a video group call once a month. You can find out more by visiting www.radio.com support. And don't forget that a portion of the proceeds of your contributions do go to the Dream Team Project to benefit the Make-A-Wish Foundation of America. We'd love to have you be part of the nation family. A couple of other quick announcements. Don't forget that if you want to be heard on the air, if you have a question, maybe you want me to answer, you can email me, lou at www.radio.com or call the voicemail from the parks or with a question or with a comment about this or any other episode at 407-900-9391. Like the page at facebook.com slash radio. I am at Lou Mangiello on all the social. And if you go to loumangelo.com, you can find out how some of the different ways that I might be able to help you, whether you're looking for a speaker for your event, your conference, your business, or your school, especially with school starting up, maybe somebody for career day, or if you want some help turning your passion into your profession or finding out how you can turn what you love into what you do, I can work with you one-on-one or small group coaching to help you build your brand and business and do what you love. Again, you can find out more by visiting loumangelo.com. Thanks, as always, to Becky Mankin and the entire team at Mouse Fan Travel. They are my official recommended travel provider because it's who I love, it's who I recommend, because it's who I use. You can get a free, no-obligation quote on your next trip to Disney World, Land, Adventures by Disney, or Disney Cruise Line. They'll give you all the best possible prices and discounts with really the amazing level of service that is their hallmark. And as always, my friends, and you, you are my friend. Whether we have met yet or not, you continue to show that in so many different ways. All I ask is that if you like the show, and I hope that you do, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Take 30 seconds. Share a link to this or one of your favorite episodes on Facebook in your favorite Facebook group or on your favorite Facebook page. Take just a couple of seconds more and rate and review the show over on iTunes. Thanks to you. We have more than 1,300 five-star reviews. Would love to keep them coming. want to thank some recent reviewers like Ted Johnson's Neckroll. That's his name. Says, take a little bit of the magic with you. He said, some people like to ski, some people like to climb mountains or visit the great ancient wonders of the world. Then there's those of us who prefer the vacation of a trip to Walt Disney World. As much as I'd love to take a trip there every year or month or week, etc., I have to find other ways to feed the obsession in between visits. And for people like me, there's WDW Radio. If you're a Disney fan who's been to the parks a dozen times or you've never been even once, WDW Radio is a perfect companion whose passion for the parks shines through in every podcast and his dedication to sharing his experiences with other fans makes this podcast the next best thing to having an annual pass. Whether you're a kid or a kid at heart, if you enjoy the magic and experience of Disney, you owe it to yourself to subscribe to W Radio so that you too can enjoy the magic in the downtime between your visits to the park. Wow, thank you so much, said Johnson. Neck roll. Uh, J.D. Wolowski says, it is the best Disney podcast. Just subscribe. I work in the legal field. And so, as one can imagine, it could be quite stressful and boring. JD, I feel you, brother. Listening to the Disney magic during work definitely lifts my spirits. 
I love listening to this show on the train to and from Philadelphia because, let's face it, the commuter life can be the worst. The host, Lou, has amazing energy. You can hear the passion he has for Disney and his voice. And at the end of the show, he mentions that all of his listeners are friends, and he truly means it. I do. He also says that nothing beats a handshake and a hug. I mean that, too. I had the pleasure of meeting Lou a few years back, and he's just as genuine in person as he is on the show. Thank you so much. I'm probably just a lot shorter than you expected. Keep up the good work. I hope that one day, too, I can ditch my legal career and follow my dreams. Thanks for the inspiration. But until then, I'll keep moving forward, possibly to the nearest White Castle. Oh, Julie, you know what I miss from Jersey. Your friend in New Jersey, Julie, podcaster JL, love to hear from another podcaster, says, thank you, Lou. This is one of the best overall podcasts, hands down. Amazing Disney coverage, inspiring stories, and heartfelt laughs. If only we could all share a giant meal in the park. JL, thank you so much for listening and the desire to share a giant meal in the parks is one that I share with you guys as well. Please, like I said, join these guys and leave a quick review. If you go to www.radio.com slash iTunes, it'll give you instructions and a link right over to iTunes as well. Finally, most importantly, thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for your time, your love, your support, and, and your friendship and for giving me the gift of allowing me to do what I do and share it with you and I appreciate you and I appreciate you listening and I hope that you enjoy the show as I endeavor every day and every week to make it as fun, informative, entertaining and better as possible. For myself and really more for you, I challenge myself daily to try and improve and keep WW Radio improving all the time and I invite you, I challenge yourself to do just that, to challenge yourself every day to improve on whatever it is that you want or have to do. And I hope that this is your best week ever. Thanks again. So until next time, see ya. Hi, Lou. This is Emma Harmon from Orlando, Florida. I am doing a little vacation at Walt Disney World right now. And yesterday I did the Keys to the Kingdom tour and uh, did a little saying goodbye to Ellen and to the Great Movie Ride. And today I am visiting Pandora for the first time. I just got the Night Blossom from Pongu Pongu. So good. And I'm about to go on Flight of Passage for the first time. Um, but it's just been so fun so far. And I can't wait to see it at night and see everything else that um, – Pandora has to offer. So thanks for all you do. I just wanted to call and say hi. All right, bye. Hi, Lou. This is Christine Morrison from Flowertown, PA. I just got done listening to your podcast, 469 Funniest Moments uh, on the Attractions in Disney World, and one that I think people don't necessarily think is funny. Um, We were at the Star Wars launch bay at Studios, and interacting with the stormtroopers. Um, I was messing around with them, having some fun, and they took me and put me in the corner. They made me stand in the corner and stood guard, uh, which I thought was hilarious. And then we met Kylo Ren, and as we're walking away, my daughter, um, who's 12, starts doing a penguin waddle away from Kylo Ren, and he looks at her and he says, Control yourself. Um, which I thought was hilarious. Um, he kept in character, which I'm sure he was probably laughing. But those were some of our most recent funny moments with Star Wars characters. So 
Uh, Lou, I love your shows, and I continue to try to catch up because I'm a recent listener. Um, have a wonderful week. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Lou, this is Mark Thompson from Buford, Georgia. Just got back from Disneyland for um, five days. Um, spent time, time there with my family. It spent, took all five days to see everything. It was very crowded. Um, I haven't been there in about 17 years, so it was really nice to see everything. Um, my favorite food in Disneyland Park was a corn dog, and my favorite attraction was the Nemo Subs. I really missed the um, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, so it was really neat to see that, and I like the effects of the Nemo. Um, my favorite food in California Adventure was the French banana French toast at Flo's Cafe, and my favorite attraction there was the, I decided it was the rollic, Rollicking Roadsters, the dancing cars in Cars Land. I know everything else is super cool, but that that probably really impressed me. I thought it was very innovative, something you don't really see in any other type of amusement park or theme park. But I thought it was just ingenious how they did it, and it was full of joy, so I loved it. Um, let's see, the new attraction, the Guardians of the Galaxy Vision Breakout, um, we went there very first thing in the morning, so it was about a 40-minute wait. Um, normally, it's about, you know, 240 minutes, so very long lines, very popular, very nice attraction. They did a super job retheming it and keeping it within the Guardians of the Galaxy um, type of theme. And the storyline was really good. The inside was spectacular. Um, this, what you see when you go up and down, the, um, they call it the gantry and off the elevator, was really, really spectacular. So they did a super job with that attraction. And I think <clears throat> coming into it as a, um, as a new, as a new visitor, if you haven't seen Tower of Terror before, you totally buy in that it's, um, a Guardian of the Galaxy attraction, so it doesn't feel like it's Tower of Terror anymore. So very, very nice. Um, so I got to run around the whole park. That was a lot of fun. And brought the kids along. It'll probably be their only trip to Disneyland. We're, on the, we're East Coasters, so um, had a great time. Anyway, see you later. Hi, Lou. My name is Catherine Crow. I'm from Ashland, Massachusetts, and I was just listening to your most recent episode, number 487, and you are on a cruise right now, but you and Becky were talking about another form of transportation, and that is the train, and it brought back such wonderful memories for me that I just had to call you because we did that twice. I grew up in northern New Jersey, and when I was five years old in 1975, hope that's not dating myself too much, my grandparents and my great-grandmother took, a, took me to Disney and other points in Florida, because at that point, of course, it was only Magic Kingdom, on the train. And we boarded in New York and rode it right down to presumably Orlando. I don't actually know where we got off. But uh, the coolest thing was that my grandpa could put his own car on the train. You could put your car on the train and the car went with you and then you didn't have to rent a car when you got there. You had your own car. And I think that's what my grandpa thought was the best thing. So we, and it was an overnight trip. I remember, and I remember it so, I remember the train trip just about as vividly as I remember Disney because it was just so cool. And it's so nice because nobody has to drive. You're not confined to one place. You can get up and walk around. 
the first time we did it, I seem to recall we just slept in our seats. You just tilted them way back and slept in your seat. We did it again two years later when my brother was five years old. We did it again, and they brought me and my brother and my mom that time. And since there were two kids at that point, we sprung for the sleeper car, and that was just completely, like, out of this world amazing. Um, but it was definitely an overnight trip. And I seem to remember we got on probably in the morning in New York, probably like 10, 9, 30, 10 o'clock, maybe 11. And we got off probably about lunchtime again. It was probably almost exactly a day on the train. But it was great. I highly recommend it. If you can do it, I truly recommend it because I'm a lot older than that now, and I still remember that trip so well. We read books. We played cards. You could color. It wasn't like being in your car for a whole day. It was really amazing, and I'm just so grateful that my grandparents thought to do that for us because it was an amazing trip. I mean, besides being at Disney, which was amazing in itself, and I have lots of great stories about that, but I specifically wanted to talk about the train because you said, hey, if you did this, give me a call. So I'm giving you a call. And thank you for the show. It's so great. It really brings a big smile to the, my week every week. And I'm going to go write a review on iTunes, too. You've got a friend in me. Yeah. Who is it? It's me, Bill Nye the Science Guy. Hey, I'm glad you came to help me. Actually, I came to see Einstein. Wow, you're getting clobbered. Yeah, this Nightmare Jeopardy version's a lot harder than the home version. Can you help me? <laughs> sure, but first we have to go back. Back stage? No, 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 way back, like many billion years ago. Okay, but can we stop at a mini-mart or something and get some snacks? Because I have a tendency to get hungry after a couple billion years. No can do, time's a-wasting. Come on! What? It's my old college roommate, Judy Peterson. She was such a smarty pants, know it all. I had the best nickname for her, though. What was that? Stupid Judy. Ellen, since this is your dream, we'll let you make the first selection. All right, Alex. Uh, I will take um, meeny, meeny, miny, uh, fossil fuels for, uh, oh, let's go for 100. Oh, here, better put these on. Hearing protectors, because it's the Big Bang. The piggy bank? No, the Big Bang. The ding dang? The Big Bang. Oh. Let's go down to Ellen now and see what she came up with as a response to our final Jeopardy clue. Ellen? Uh, what is brain power, Alex? You are correct. And your wager? You too risked everything, but you double your score to 35,600, and that makes you, Ellen, our new Jeopardy champion. Congratulations.